Hello everyone and welcome to The Monsters Behind the Mask. I am your host, my name is Dario, welcome to the best podcast about Carnevale that you can ever, ever witness in this, on this planet. Together with me tonight, I got my good friend and co-host, this episode is Renz. Hi Renz. Hello, glad to be here. Yeah. We've got a special guest today. Absolutely, the, the, the nicest one. Shall we introduce our our guest? Uh, I suppose that maybe you can uh, spot it by the, the title of the episode, you know, the, mans, the master, you know, master. <laughs> Friends, could you introduce our guest, please? Yes, our guest today is Owen Roberts. And Owen works for TT Combat. And Owen, what do you do uh, for TT Combat? Um, I'm the media coordinator for TT Combat, um, working predominantly on all of our fantastic games and um, with our community. Welcome uh, aboard, Owen. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And thanks We're to very honoured for you to be here. It's my first time doing anything like this at all. <laughs> so please bear with me. No, we are very glad to have you here. Thank you for finding time to to record this episode with us and uh, yes, for answering our questions and the community ones as well. I think that should yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. Oh, thank you. I think we should launch <laughs> our our theme song, uh, please, uh, Owen. Be our guest, and the master answers our prayers. Welcome, cari signori. Welcome to the city of the Engine Carnevale. Welcome to Venezia. But be aware. There are monsters behind the masks. <laughs> but before starting to to fire up our, our questions, Owen, can you talk a bit uh, about yourself? We would like to know exactly so what you do in TT Combat. Uh, and maybe a bit of your past as our gamer too. What do you think? Yeah, sure. Um, I start, so before TT Combat, um, I went to university like most people in the UK do. Um, not really sure what I wanted to study. So I ended up settling on uh, film and media and marketing. Um, so I spent uh, two years at college and then went to university for three years. And then I left university really hoping to get a job doing something creative uh, with my degree, and I couldn't get anything. Oh, no. I applied for loads of different <laughs> It's one of those things. I applied for all these different creative jobs, did all my um, qualifications I needed to get, got my relevant experience during my time at university, and couldn't get anything. So I worked as a recruitment consultant for a little under a year, nothing at all related to what I studied in, and then COVID happened, and I lost my job. Um, I lost my flat, and my partner and myself have to move back in with my father. And then following that, I took a job as a warehouse assistant working for TT Combat sister company, Troll Trader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, so the manager there was really lovely, and I ended up working as a photographer there for about a year, and then I moved over to work for TT Combat, um, that was down to, like, frankly, my lovely boss, Louis Simpson. He was very kind. 
and the former manager of design, Lewis Clark, he was kind, and I worked for TT Combat for a bit. And my main role there was like running the TT community site while that was still going. Mm-hmm. and also doing a bit of photography and then t- sort of taking over the social media side of the, like, the business. And oh, I've sort cool. of been there for now going on three years and getting to grow into that role a bit more and take on more responsibility and getting to create some really lovely content I get to use my degree for and sort of build the world through our games that so many people seem to enjoy. Yeah, I've really noticed all the all the great movies and uh, sort of uh, stuff that's coming out. <laughs> um, now, thank you. We got like we've got a really good team, and like um, we've had some chaps from our, our resin team and um, from our design team who are into other games and playing um, like RPG games with their friends outside of other games we play. And they've been lovely enough to lend their voices to my videos and to the sort of trailers and teasers we put out. So we're getting some really nice dialogue in there now as well. Yeah. They're usually great. I love them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but, uh, so are you, are you our gamer or working in TT Combat has been uh, like an happy, ex- uh, an happy incident? Um, I would say TT Combat started off as sort of a happy accident if i'm being like perfectly honest sort of thing i was i was it was covid it was, i joined TT, um, troll trader during the covid sort of pandemic mm-hmm. where everyone was struggling for work and everyone was really struggling to get by and i took just a job that i saw and then i was just really really fortunate to um make some friends at the business and also the um director of the business um louis simpson was really to myself and um, he sort of pushed me to sort of try and push myself a bit more in the business of Thrive and um, gave me the opportunities um, as did Lewis Clark, the old manager at TT Combat uh, mm-hmm. for the design department. He sort of gave me an opportunity to be there as well and sort of once I got that chance, I really just wanted to show that, you know, I can do some nice photography, I can do some nice videos and really sort of help push the game and try and create these little worlds of ours that we all love so much and make them more accessible to people. Oh, that's great. Very nice. Yes. Now the question is, do you play Carnival? So I did play a bit of Carnival. Um, it was Lewis, the old manager, who taught me to play it um, a couple of times. <laughs> and I played it outside of work with my wife for a bit. Um, but then our son came along and we had a few miniature accidents um she she spent a lot of time painting up some really nice miniatures um she painted up my knight's hospitaler box and uh the paladin of saint lazarus didn't well against a one two-year-old at the time i'm I'm still trying to find him the tip of his hammer that's that's so tragic it was it was um she has a lot of miniatures. She's a lovely painter, and she's done a lot of Rakhar miniatures. Um, the re-release of the flame that burns underwater, her trident uh, had the head snapped off multiple times, and that's, that's beyond repair now, unfortunately, but that lives oh. on a very high shelf, along with the rest of our miniatures from Carnival. Oh. Well, when, when I had my daughters, I just moved my, all my collection into the basement and, uh, and closed it. <laughs> they're not allowed <laughs> to come in here <laughs> no I'm, I'm just kidding now they're 
grown out girls. Yeah, it's like it's one of those things where we both play more card based games now, like um, One Piece card game. We both enjoy from Bandai Namco, and we both enjoy like Magic the Gathering. But we like we both like said soon he's in school. And he's a bit more aware of like, okay, it's not, let's not touch these miniatures. Let's not touch these. We both want to play some more carnival again. <laughs> I see. Well, this is, <laughs> this is a Carnevale podcast. So I expect a lot of questions about Carnevale, of course, but bear with me, you, you, <laughs> you will answer to questions about other games as well. If you are willing to, of course, Friends, we, I will answer as much as I can. Oh, thank you very much. Well, Renze, there is a question uh, on top of, every, of, of every, everyone else, from both from the community and from, from us as well. The lore of Carnevale. What shall we expect after Blood on the Water? About the, the lore and uh, yeah, the prosecution of game, uh, in, um, yes, from a background perspective. Can you share anything about that? Uh, I can share a little bit. Um, we're really sort of happy with where Carnival Valley was left off, like following Blood in the Water. Um, the reaction to that sort of expansion book was really positive from like the community. They raised like a few good points about like where the story could go next. Um, as we know, sort of Malta has fallen. Um, the Rashar at the end of the book are sort of sailing away with their mission accomplished for what they, uh, wanted to occur it might not be what you sort of expected to happen but they've they definitely seem satisfied enough with the results obviously the vatican were extremely weakened from that and now there are going to be more vatican forces in venice um, following the refugees leaving um and the shah have obviously lost uh, a large number of their force but for them it seems uh reproducing a repopulation and gaining new followers isn't as much of a issue as it is for some of the other factions Um, so we look forward to continuing the story more so based in Venice for the time. Um, we've got, okay, we, we've got a new, we've got a new design manager who's come in, um, and we've got a new rules writer who's come in who have both got some really nice ideas about the direction they think the game should be taken in. Um, which, like, it's, it's, it's sort of, we're continuing the same sort of things that people have always loved from Carnival, but, Something we would like to explore more so in the lore is some of the darker sides of Venice. We've got some characters we've introduced and we plan to introduce who are potentially a bit more, a bit more brooding, a bit darker, a bit more uh, maniacal, a bit more malicious. They don't have good intentions for the city. They have purely selfish intentions that they wish to pursue. They got their own agendas that they will push more than anything else. And it just so happens that if people benefit from that, so be it. If people get in the way of that, well, then they're an expendable cost that's worth paying. You know that you're talking It's... like the, the characters that you introduced in Carnevale in the last four years are like uh, kind people, and uh, now they're even the worst people. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think some of the characters we've introduced will look a bit lighter in terms of their um in terms of their attitudes and in terms of like their characteristics compared to some of the ideas i think our new design manager's got planned um he's definitely got some interesting ideas which i think people will enjoy to see but it'll still be kind of in terms of the game 
everyone loves. We'll still have some beautiful miniatures. We'll still have some lovely moments for characters to experience in that world. It'll just be a case of the War for Venice has been going on now for a couple of years in the game, and there will be more fighting and more casualties, unfortunately, for the citizens. I think one of the examples is the the Night of Silence that you uh, that you showed in the in the calendar from yes, Venice. Yes, that's, that's definitely that's a good. strong. That's definitely a strong um, a character that's strongly influenced by. Um, the two newer chaps to our team. Um, and I, I know for a fact the new design manager absolutely loves that um, that force when they're going to be introduced. Sounds very interesting. It's really up my alley. So, yeah. Sounds good. Um, I think the clue I'll give you is, is nights of silence. There'll be silence is definitely the key part to them. Um, you don't want to hear them coming. You don't want to see them, and you don't want to hear that knock in the middle of the night without a voice calling you, because if you do hear that knock, it's probably going to be a night of silence, at which point, hide. Just hide. (laughs) Scary stuff. Scary stuff, yeah. Scary stuff. Goosebumps. You're really selling them to me. Damn Vatican. (laughs) (laughs) Damn Vatican, yes. (laughs) <laughs> Vatican is. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I know. Sorry, Ness. I think I, what you mean, like like with the Knights of Malta, they they're sort of you could it, you could see them more as, as like not necessarily evil, uh, but of course they are. But uh, they are more yeah. knights, and these guys have more knights. Sides are more, more like you describe them, far more dark and menacing. I, I would. I would say with the like with the Knights of Malta and the Knights of Hospitaller and like the Templars first class were introduced, they're still quite chivalrous characters in their own minds, in their own yeah. ways. The Knights of Hospitaller especially, they're uh, they're a force of we are holy knights, we are knights who are protecting the citizens as our duty. If we die for them, so be it. Uh, the Knights Templar have changed more so from how like they were traditionally seen. Um, many, many years ago, and now they're more secretive in their actions because they have to be. And then there'll be the Knights of Silence who, uh, for every character who thinks they're doing good, there's a character who knows they're doing bad and they just don't care. <laughs> hmm. Great. My God. All right. Too much Vatican for my taste. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Maybe we can discuss a certain chariot later. Uh, yeah, Mario. maybe maybe we got we got a specific question about that. No worries, yeah. there is no no rush. It's okay. Well, no rush. Only only uh, only an hour. Yeah, one hour. It's, it's fine. It's fine. And um, talking about uh, uh, yes, still still about Carnevale. Well, COVID is long long over now. Do you think that maybe uh, there are going to be any kind of uh, events uh, for in 2024? Like I don't, I don't want to say tournaments because Carnevale maybe is not the the right game for that for those. Sorry, but maybe I don't know, like narrative events, uh, like gaming day, something like that, something like those. What do you think, uh, Owen? Um, it's something that's a topic often sort of discussed in the office and discuss sort of activity combat in general because um, Carnival would suit some a 
some sort of narrative driven uh, event or sort of like campaign potentially um we were like watching the um campaign that like, the tt agents and yourselves were involved in in like, that ban campaign um which was really interesting for us to see how people were engaging with that that's something we really sort of enjoyed um to like be a part of i think it was on um, yourselves and uh, john berenger webb who um yeah. i was in mateo as well was it who were sort of heading up that campaign that was great to see and potentially um i know for this year we're still going to be having a presence at some of the bigger uk events um demoing the game trying to introduce new players to it and supporting our tt agents who do a fantastic job running uh, demos in whichever country they're in or whatever event they can attend. Um, for this year, I think we'll be primarily focusing on just providing a bit more support again, as we have done in previous years, with a view to maybe something in the future. Um, it'll really strongly depend on uh, releases we've got coming out planned for this year and next, and hopefully the continuous growth of the game, at which point then we could potentially introduce something more exciting for a bigger community if the audience is large enough. I see. Yeah, I was thinking about maybe us like some, I don't know, narrative events during Salute, but I, I suppose that in like console, big like like that, you're already quite busy with the regular schedule of a booth, I suppose, at least. Yeah, that's my opinion. Mm, uh, did you have anything else you want to ask about Carnival? I don't remember. Well, it's nice that you said that you mentioned our campaign, and we also, I think Dario and and John, and uh, we also experience how much work it is <laughs> to, yeah, uh, to keep up keep up the energy, uh, and that it's it's really a, sort of an extra job. So I can understand that at a certain point, uh, TT Combat has to make choices uh, with all the with all the different games and all the events. We're we're very like we're we're comparing comparison to like other games companies we are smaller we're definitely growing rapidly very rapidly i've seen that in the few years i've been at the company and for people who have been there much longer we'll be able to tell you all the stories of how rapid tt combat has grown um while we're still operating with a fairly small design team everyone's working very hard basically to do these games justice um we've got some fantastic sort of ips under our belts in terms of my personal favorite which is, is which is carnival but we also have rumble slam and drop fleet drop zone we have relics returning after a long sort of hiatus we have home raiders we teased at christmas uh, we have project hunter that was also teased uh, last year and this year at christmas and everyone's going to be quite excited for strike team commander when that comes out there's so much going on like behind the scenes with everyone working really hard on all these different IPs. And unfortunately, sometimes there's a, a bit of a juggling act trying to, okay, what do we need to focus on for this community or what do we need to focus on for this community? Yeah. And nine times out of ten, we can just about manage all of it. And then sometimes we do have to like take a step back for a little bit of time just to get that other project across the line. And then we can jump back on to the things we really, for, for myself, I really like working on, which is kind of our... But like an example of our community has been so great is like with our um, relics relaunch happening this week for us in February, um, we didn't have a complete set of the law available. So we put out a message to the um, relics community basically on the miniature page. And so many people reached out to us just excited to see this game's return where we managed to get 
a copy of the first edition as a PDF we could edit. We got that on our website, made it available for free, so people could read that law. And it's the same with our Carnival fan base. Without the support we get, we wouldn't be able to have the games in a situation we currently have them in without, again, like with yourselves as TT agents and with this podcast and with people attending the events and coming to meet us at events and going to America to meet our friends at Go For Game, Mafia Games over there, we wouldn't be able to do any of this. So we're just really grateful to have that opportunity to work with our community to get that done. Yeah, uh, talking about uh, relics and old new games, could you uh, tell us a bit what, what why people should uh, play relics and Home Raider and Strike and, <laughs> and all the others? Like, uh, what are the unique uh, selling points <laughs> to, well, to use a marketing phrase? <laughs> if I may, uh, yeah. I, I suppose oh. that relics because of the beautiful puppet miniatures. I love that, <laughs> and I'm going definitely to play relics. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, relics. Oh. Relics is such. Relics has got such a lovely aesthetic in terms of the miniatures. They are like the Britannon, as you said, the puppet, like the puppet miniatures. It's so unique. It's little puppet puppet people, sack people, um, who have basically been forced to carry on their service to the Mad King George, like following their death souls have been put into these puppets and he said to them i know you were very peacefully sleeping in your graves but i've got i've got a job for you go find my battles go fight my enemies and establish my empire and that's something we think so cool just so different in terms of like how our miniatures look we've got some beautiful sculpts and like very anatomically correct sculpts in carnival in terms of the people whereas with relics it's an opportunity to play around a bit more with some creatures and some characters that wouldn't potentially fit in our other games, but have these really quirky sort of appearances and playing abilities. Um, these We've got these are uh, the dog pack um, for the Britannans, where it's these little stitched puppets, like puppet dogs. <laughs> we've got the dragoons, who are half heart, half wagon, half horse puppets, <laughs> who will be actually your cavalry in the game. It's a really, it's just a really, really fun little quirky game. Really, we're happy, we're so happy to get that back into stock, and to have the rules available on our website for free, and have the law available on our website for free. Just try and get people who haven't played the game for a long time back into playing it, but also to attract new people into playing it. And again, the law is so good, and the artwork's so good. It's really something we're very happy to see return. That sounds good. I, I feel it's it's a bit of a missed opportunity to just introduce the British in Carnival with the puppets <laughs> as a faction. <laughs> an invasion. An invasion. Yeah. <laughs> through no, through some kidding. magic and through some mystery. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the crossover in the future, that'd be a bit of fun. We've Why not? done Rumble Slam crossovers. We've yeah. done Rumble Slam and Carnival crossovers. Maybe in the future... Um, the biggest part for us right now is just we need to get the restock under our belts, get things back available for people to play with, and then we can gauge the interest in, in relics again, and then we can make our minds up whether or not, and hopefully, 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 it'll be viable for us to put some sort of time and effort into furthering that game as well. Yeah. Well, one of the things, uh, t Combat is a big uh, NDF uh, creator, will you also sort of incorporate that in the new games? 
Um, well, home raiders, you won't really need a lot of MDF terrain, really. The rules are like written very similar to how it was originally intended for you to use random objects around your house as oh, your terrain pieces. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, obviously, like, we've seen some videos of people using biscuits and wrappers and bits of recycling, spread it around the tabletop, and there's your terrain pieces. If It's the sort of small soldiers, small creatures battling it out and having um, their mini sort of skirmish around your house. You don't, you're not meant to notice them, but they're there all the time. They're there waging these little tabletop walls around all of your household objects. Um, there's a potential scope for it, maybe more so in relics. Uh, with relics, though, as we've seen from a lot of um, previous people playing the game, it's more... They use hedges, they might use some um, little barricades, they might use some rock formations. It's more about the terrain on the tabletop, less so about the larger structures, as you might expect to see or use in, like, Carnival. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's, not, it's not a no, it's not a sort of a yes. We've got a really, really, like, fantastic MDF designer, a uh, chap called Johnny, who, like, handles all of our, like, in-house MDF now. And the stuff this chap can do is unbelievable in terms of um, functionality in his buildings and the scale of his buildings. Um, over Christmas, we had our Toshi uh, white box bundle, which all had our eastern terrain on it, and everyone was blown away by how beautiful that terrain was. And uh, we actually had some painted stuff come back into the office today from a commission painter, and I, I didn't even realise that the doors had sliding doors on them and the windows were functional. So that was all fantastic. So we'd love to see some of that functional terrain potentially make its way into more of our games. Yeah, talking about going back to Carnival, there was this amazing uh, MDF uh, House of Virtue building yes. that looked looked really great. Really this big, is yeah. the start of more really big, more really uh, faction specific MDF kits. Um, that's something we hope to play with. It's your House of Virtue is definitely the sort of first uh, MDF themed sort of faction kit for sort of quite a while really. Um, we had the church previously which uh, was suited Vatican players more. We saw one or two um, Richard players use it and turn it into like a short shrine to Dagon. Um, the House of Virtue is really themed around the guild and that was designed by a chap who works, who's our, he's in charge of our art direction actually called Ben. He's a previous MGF designer but he's fantastic as everyone saw with that kit. Um, we hope that we can explore some potentially some more faction specific um, MDF kits in the future. It'd be really nice to get a few more buildings that reflect the factions who occupy them. Sounds great. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, well, Owen, since we're talking about um, the stuff you, you make, basically, uh, like MDF and the material you work with. Uh, I, I had a question from uh, from the Italian community, and um, I'm willing to ask, because, uh, yes, this guy actually say, uh, asked you if you're sticking with, um, with the resin uh, for your miniatures, or you plan to move to other materials like, I don't know, plastic, or I, I don't think back to metal, of course. It's, it's really expensive. And uh, are you still um, making everything in-house, uh, except, I suppose, the, the plastic kits like uh, Drop Fleet and Drop Zone that they, uh, the old uh, Hogwarts Games production, I don't know. Mm, 
Do you think you're still uh, using racing in future or moving to other stuff? I can see us using resin for the foreseeable future. Um, we've got, as you said, the production is predominantly done in-house. Um, we have a very, very dedicated resin uh, mold-making team. Uh, each individual on that team has been with the company for years. They're great at what they do. They know what they're doing. We have a mold uh, department downstairs where we'll use the resin, we'll fill our own molds, we'll have people demolding, they'll go straight to assembly. It, resin gives us the opportunity to control the production process a bit more ourselves. We don't, we're not relying upon other businesses or mm. other individuals outside the company. It means that we can constantly get things that potentially go out of stock because they're sold out back into stock so much quicker than if we were relying upon a sprue to be made up. Um, there are definitely benefits to plastic. Um, we do have our sort of number of drop fleet ships in plastic, and the sprues are very popular with people. So potentially in the future, it'd be something we'd look to explore with. But for the foreseeable future, it's definitely mm -hmm. going to be a resin world for us. And we it's what we're used to. We do like it. Um, and again, it's one of those things where we've been doing it for so long now, it'd be probably it'd just be a bit strange for us to be probably being honest to divulge away from that. <laughs> okay, see, thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one thing I was wondering, so you also mentioned uh, uh, Strike Commander, no? Um, strike Zone Commander, right? Oh, he's, strike he's... Team Commander. <laughs> strike Squad. <laughs> drop drop Strike, strike Commander. <laughs> I knew it oh, was the, the game with a thousand names. The game with a yeah. thousand <laughs> names. Everyone wants to name that game. I'm sorry, we've named it Strike Team Commander. <laughs> I, I remembered the strike part. <laughs> and Commander That's part. Okay. I, I, I had a debate with somebody about the naming of it, and they went, no, no, no. It's, it's drop squad commander, drop squad. I said, it doesn't work. He went, what do you mean? I went, well, you drop your ships into orbit. Okay, you'll drop your troops into the battle zone. If I drop my squad, I'm just dropping them to earth. Gravity's going to win. Yeah. You've got to go flop on the bottom. That's it. My soldiers are wasted. So, nah, nah, strike, strike team commander. Makes more sense. Yeah. We still don't agree on this. He's, he's, okay. he's an admin in the CTA, but it's still a fun debate. <laughs> It will keep the game alive. Yeah, but I was wondering, are you are you going to uh, you're going to have new rules? I, I was I was wondering, are those rules going to like be based on, for example, the Carnivada rules, or are you going to invent a new rule set? Uh, I think that game will have more of a rule set in keeping with the sort of larger sort of like Commander universe laid out by Dave Lewis and. Scott Burns and Robin, our rules writers, it will definitely sort of have some elements that you'd expect to see from Carnival in terms of it's a 28 to 32 mil tabletop game. But there definitely have been a lot of work on the rules for that game um, to feel unique to it. So I wouldn't want to say it's too dissimilar to, to Carnival or to Drops, uh, Drop Zone Commander. It'll be something entirely sort of not unique to itself, but definitely friendly for new players to get into, which everyone will be a new player so for us in the office. But it'll be easy to pick up. I'd, I'd say a bit harder to master, but 
but the whole point for us for that game is to be a fun tabletop game which doesn't take the longest of times to play. Could have a very short play time if you're not very good at the game, like myself. But if you are very good at that game, you can make it last an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours if you're very, very, very good and very, very annoying to play against. <laughs> and you'll have some, yeah, some lovely miniatures. And as we've already sort of shown, some really nice uh, usable terrain. We showed off the board at uh, Christmas, like from inside the board. It's designed to yeah. look like a Art Deco lobby uh, for a building where you might be having one of your uh, skirmishes. So the terrain will definitely play a part in that, and your movement will be very critical. Yeah, yeah, sounds uh, sounds awesome. Personally, I I was thinking of just playing on my carnival board, like in Venice, but I'm not sure if that's going to work. Everything works. In uh, Venice. I think <laughs> I think if you if you if you determined enough, you could give it a go. But if you do give it a go, you'll have to let us know how you get on with it because I'd be intrigued to see how that works. I will definitely share. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, I think there's one last game a game that we haven't mentioned yet, and I think it's currently in the Kickstarter. Is that correct? Half tilt. Half tilt. Half tilt. Half tilt. Jousting yeah. game. Half. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, just finished Kickstarter. It funded quite quickly. Um, um, we we love the reaction everyone's had to that. That's been great. Um, it turns out people are really, really interested in watching some halflings jousting. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say it that you so combat have a, a deep kink on the halflings. So what's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, oh, God, halflings. Halflings are definitely something uh, one or two people like, but definitely the favorite miniature of uh, our founder, Louis Simpson. He loves a good halfling. He oh, adores a halfling. Oh, I would not be surprised if they're not his favourite miniature. And it definitely shows in our range of products, but halflings are great. Uh, they give you lots of opportunities to sort of come up with some unique ideas from miniatures and some factions. We've got the half guard that came out on a previous uh, Kickstarter, which will thankfully be coming to retail soon. Should be great for people to hear. Uh, we've introduced our vampire halflings. We've got our halfling townsfolk. We've got our halfling sand raiders. There's so many oh, little halflings. Other halfling uh, Norse halflings. <laughs> There's so many of them. It's hard to keep I'm very, track of them, to be honest. I'm so surprised there are no halflings in Carnival. <laughs> Not yet, at least. There's one. You've got Spino. You've got Spino. He's, he's a smaller statured chap. I love him so much. He's brilliant. <laughs> hey. I lo- I, I, I want a backstory for him. That's what I'll fight for in the office. I'd, I'd love a little short story covering Skeena because I think he could get into some really funny situation purely by accident. Accidentally stealing Vlad's coin purse, taking all of his decats by mistake, mistaking him for somebody else would be entertaining, I think. <laughs> I'm looking forward to all those stories. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. That's what you think. Um, Shall we proceed with the yes. with the questions from the community? Uh, yes, I have one last question oh. before we go to the community. Of course. Uh, with so many games coming out, Owen, 
should we worry about Carnival getting enough attention with all the sort of internal competition? <laughs> or do you think TT Combat can handle it? I think TT Combat can handle it, definitely. Um, <laughs> Carnival is definitely... I say Carnival is definitely one of our um, favourite games in the office. We love all of our games. We really, really do. And like, we think that shows in the pros and the miniatures people uh, get from us. But Carnival is something where we definitely have some lively debates about talking about miniatures we personally would like to see or we know that the fans in the community would like to see. And Carnival is such a great world to work in that I don't think there'll ever be a concern that people won't be seeing Carnival and new Carnival miniatures on their tabletops in the years going forward. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, that sounds great. Good. <laughs> So okay. Let's look at the community questions. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, get ready for some spicy questions, Owen, because new starter set with an updating book. Is that coming eventually? Zan, zan, zan. I would say eventually is definitely something we could say. Okay. It's, we've. <laughs> It's 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 a lot of a lot of work goes into the starter sets, and we've currently got two available on offer. We've got the obviously the larger sixty five pound main starter, and then we've got the more compact Escape from San Canciano to try and sort of be more price affordable for people to jump into Carnival because thirty five pound is about a box of miniatures from another company. Our price mm-hmm. points have always been to try and attract new people to our games and offer an affordable buy-in, which we did with Half Tilt and which we do with Rumble Slam. We, we always try to have that buy-in point be as, as affordable as we can make it for people to play our games. Um, this, the Carnival two-player starter set has been out for quite a few years now, as has Escape from San Canciano. So that's something that is a discussion, a discussion for us um, in the office about finding the right time for when a new starter would be uh, needed. Because we do constant FAQs and we do constant updates on the game and we try to keep the gang builders as, as active and available as we can, it's a hard one to gauge, really, for us. And with these new IPs coming, uh, we've got to focus on getting those games ready for their first editions out there before we can progress with a larger Carnival um, update for us in terms of a new starter, where it's much easier for us to keep on top of balancing the miniatures, balancing the gameplay, and getting new miniatures out there that offer new opportunities than it is to jump in with a new starter, if you get what I mean. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, definitely. And uh, I think the question mostly comes because of some... because. Uh, and I think that's also a question is with the, with the, the current starter has a different rule book mm-hmm. than the, the one online. I, th- I think that's mostly why this driven is so, uh, this question is so driven. Uh, and I think it's less about, I mean, as far as miniature goes and terrain, I think both starters are great. And I don't think anybody mm-hmm. argues with that. Uh, yeah, the the problem is always about the book. Uh, it, it's an, it's I don't want I want to say it's an issue, but it's an old issue. Just that, just that. Well, anyway. Yeah, 
I, 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 get what you, I get what you're saying, and we, we, we've heard the community's input on it. We, we still think that book's got a lot to offer, but we do get it can be a bit frustrating with having the story split now over two physical books, well, three, including the old Vesper on one, that's a bit of a, a bit of a sort of out of the picture currently in terms of what we have with these two uh, core books. And then if we were to do another one, it'd be something we'd hope that we could comprise that those two together, if you get what I mean, and with the like furtherment of the story. In terms of rules, we get that the rules are a bit less frustrating for people with the FAQs being added so frequently by the team. But you would like to have that one comprised um, rule book, which we've heard, and we hope that in the future we can deliver. Well, we'll Great. see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll wait Hopefully. and see. Okay, okay, it's fine, it's nice. And then, Lance. What's the next question? Yes. Shall I? Or would you be my guest? Uh, I think I have a question about... We're going to see a lot of big releases, I think, for Carnival. And when I big, I mean the models will be big. <laughs> Can you share a bit yeah. about those? Uh, yes, you will see some big miniatures. Mm, nice. So we also we already <laughs> saw the strings. This do I pronounce this right? Strix. Ah, uh, the monstrous Strix. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. a certain chariot. A certain Dario, chariot. Yeah. Yeah, Dario feels personally attached to. Absolutely, I got a connection with that <laughs> model. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's um. Yes, we're going to be having some big miniatures for Carnival. Um, this is really a strong input um, from the new design manager, Jason. Uh, this is definitely something he, I know he's really looking forward to seeing is these big miniatures, big miniatures in Carnival that will be usable in-game. That's got to be a key part of their design. They've got to be usable. But they've got to be fun. They've got to be something the factions don't currently have. As we've already seen, the monstrous Frix is going to be the largest miniature the Strigoi have. It'll probably be the largest miniature the Strigoi get. Um, we, we said the well it's crushing is the right scale to the ones currently uh, on your tabletop people have purchased previously. That gives you some indication of how big this monster is going to be. Um, and the, I'd say the Pulsanella cart or chariot, which people really love to see, will be another real big miniature, um, which I think will be closer in size to something like the Doctors have with the Unholy Union. It'll be much bigger than anything the Guild has previously had. And it will be quite interesting on a tabletop. But we're really, really excited for these pieces. Um, this is the benefit of working in, in resin. We can produce these large miniatures in-house, um, which definitely helps us to keep costs competitive and, and affordable for people. But it also means that it's great for us as well because we can plan ideas out more easily for the two factions we've already sort of teased. But if we're going to do it for two, it makes sense to do it for them all, doesn't it? Mm. Sounds good. Awesome. 
So we love we love Aria. to fight. Is, you know, is there think a... are going to be introduced. Is there a when? <laughs> um, I would say with strict. I would say the strict is probably going to be ready first, um, as we've already showed. Like we've shown off the artwork for that. Uh, we've shown off some shots from the sculpt. Um, we've say currently that's been prepared, and that's a bit further ahead than the other larger miniatures. Um, that will. We hope, we hope, we hope, we hope, we hope to have that ready for this year. That would be our goal, I'll say. To have it available this year would be a really great achievement for that. And to have a miniature the size we've never done before for Carnival available uh, this year would be, a, I think, a real good achievement for the team. And then if we can get some more progress made on the Pulsanella chariot, then we would love to get that out as well. But I think we'll see the Strix first. Okay. Cool. Thank you very much. Yes. Yes. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> 2024, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Finger crossed. Well, Finger crossed. Last question because we only have 10 minutes uh, and uh, then uh, we have to say goodbye. This is the spiciest one. And uh, well, in the community arise this worry about the great number of models that uh, uh, currently are in Carnevale range. There are many, and there are many boxes. Mm, the, fe- the common fear that some of us share is uh, how can you manage all these models? Because we already witnessed some other companies uh, actually pretty big and pretty strong failing miserably in uh, dealing with uh, their own stuff. Mm, can you share us, with us some thoughts about uh, how do you plan to manage this great number of releases in, uh, in, in the, the present and the future, actually? Are you worried about yeah, that? Um, no, no, not really, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm, I'm quite calm on the match. I think we all are. Um, We've got a really, really good sort of manufacturing process in mind, which we do sort of rest our minds on, knowing that being able to control production the way we do control it is such a is such a sort of relief for us. Um, we do see there's factions, we do see there's miniatures that sell better than others. There's always going to be favourites. Um, the Plague Doctor is always one that people want to get into. The Doctor Starter Gang is always coming in and out of stock because of how many people are wanting to get hold of that box. And being able to produce those miniatures ourselves in-house definitely makes it so much easier to keep on top of that demand. Um, Also producing things in-house gives us that opportunity to offer things at a much more competitive price point, which means that we can get new players into the games a bit easier. It's so much easier to convince somebody to take a gamble on something new for them, um, potentially like a new game like Carnival, if it's at that competitive price. Whereas if we're asking people to spend £65-£70 on a box of miniatures, and that's not even enough to get you into a game, that's just to start your collection, it's so much more difficult to convince people to give us a go. There's a lot of miniatures we've got in Carnival. Carnival's got such a 
collection of characters now, and so many of them have these unique rules. Um, honestly, you'd think that we were running out of ideas for them or uh, more rules sets for all these characters, the new ones that we're creating, but it's just not the case, thankfully. The world is so rich and the law in it is so opportunistic. We could find so many opportunities in it. I don't think we're ever going to really struggle to get out of our design department and out of the company uh, for Carnival players. There's always going to be something for somebody that will just attract you to it. And I think that's the, just the lovely aspect of Carnival that some games don't quite have. It's, it's just such a lovely setting and it's so rich and full of opportunities. There's always going to be something for someone. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I hope that answered it as best as I could. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's I I see I see there are, there are differences uh, actually between your um, company model and uh, the other <laughs> big company that I was referring to in uh, both in the, the the style of game that you that you you sell and they used to sell and uh, I see I see when when I want to when I wanted to to build an army for that company uh, I would not spend less than like 600 euros or pounds i suppose and uh yeah, oh, yeah. while putting together a gang of carnevale it's way cheaper and uh i suppose that it's already way more manageable so okay it, I, i see i see your i mean that's the best thing for carnival is you go on our website and you can see which gangs are complete gang so If you aren't confident in building a gang and you're new to the game, there's very clear places to start. And that will tell you, if you pick up that one box, you can jump into playing Carnival with your friends if they've got the two-player starter or the Escape from San Canciano, or they've bought the parts individually. You only need to spend a small amount on one complete gang just to get a taste of the game. And then once you've got that complete gang, because you'll have your leader in it, hero, your henchman, you can then expand using our single miniatures. And because all the stats are available on the Builder or on our website, it's so easy to get into that game. It's it's just unbelievable. Yes, totally agree with you. Indeed. Owen, uh, we're almost out of time. Is there anything you want to share with the community that we have not asked you? Uh, I think that's... So I'd just like to say, I, I like to thank our community for obviously all the support they've given us over the years and for the continued support they do provide us. We do listen to what the community has to say. Um, we're constantly kept up to date from our TT agents and more active members of our communities informing us of what they think of the game, um, what they'd like to see from the game, but also what they do provide us with is really useful is they give us insights into what new people and new players to the game think about it. Um, all this information we get is really useful. It's really great. And we do love to see how people make use of our new miniatures, our new releases and the old ones. We're very active on social media. We're very active over email. We want to have your input because at the end of the day, you guys obviously do enjoy our product. We want to know that like we are listening. We're here for you. And we just want to see as many people as we can playing Part of our all of our IPs as well. Um, we're a games company. We want to have fun with this, 
And so far, we think we've managed to deliver that, but we want to continue to do that. So thank you for like the support we get. And we just want you guys to know that we're really, really excited for this year and for next year and for the year after and the year after and the year after that. We've mm-hmm. got so many things planned and so many uh, opportunities we can take Carnival in with our team that are so dedicated to our games. We really, really sort of look forward to bringing you new stories and adventures and miniatures and characters for years and years to come and just keep being active in the game. Um, if you are new to it and you've got any questions, the TT agents, there's the staff members ourselves, and there's so many players for these games now. Reach out to them and get in contact because we're a friendly bunch. <laughs> Miniature wargaming doesn't, doesn't always have yeah. the best reputation, but it's not true. We are a lovely, friendly bunch. Give us a message and we'll get in touch and we'll hopefully get you in the right direction to play in your first game of Carnival. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much, Owen. Thank you for being with us, Owen. Thank you for your time. It's precious. No worries. I hope I hope I answered your questions as best as I could. <laughs> I, I think, think so. Yeah. Well, you satisfied uh, good. <laughs> Rens, since Owen is our guest for tonight, I, I suppose that the the closing line uh, should be his honor. What do you think? Of course, yes. Or when do you know the closing line, of course, I suppose? No. <gasps> he doesn't know. He I'm doesn't sorry. listen. I don't know. I do Love listen. It. I'm sorry. Ah. <laughs> the closing line is Arrivederci a Venezia. And you should do the honor. It's Italian, so it's pretty oh, difficult. Arrivederci a oh, Venezia. I'll try. My grandmother was Italian. No worries. So Arrivederci. Arrivederci da Venezia. Mm. Okay, acceptable. It's pretty decent. <laughs> I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Our language is pretty hard, so it's fine. Well, thank you for being with us, uh, Owen. Thank you, thank you very much, to, Owen. to you, absolutely. And uh, thank you for our audience for participating in this interview, even if indirectly through us. And now, when you have to say the line, say the line. Very good. Excellent. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Thank you. Goodbye.